This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome into the Sunday edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Along with Justin Labar, I'm Jonathan Hood. And Justin, the rock is aligned with the bloodline officially. Get in your DeLorean. It was time machine back to 1998. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Also, we give you the Busted Open Match of the Week. Always a little controversial, but we've got a Match of the Week that everyone, I think, will enjoy. One, everybody's going to enjoy. One, everybody needs to see, if you haven't already. It's a Sunday edition of Busted Open with me, Jonathan Hood, and Justin Labar. Let's start here. How would you like to know in advance that the WWE is coming into town? And you say, oh, WWE is going to come down. Oh, it's going to be SmackDown. Great. You know what? They haven't been here for a while. Let's go see the wrestling. Let's go check out SmackDown. Salt Lake. When do we get wrestling? Once a year? Maybe twice a year when they come through here? Let's check out the matches. And you've got the tickets way in advance. You, your friends, you and your family, and you're going there. And all of a sudden, you come to find out as the storyline just continues to churn. And it continues to churn. My God, The Rock is going to be there. Not just Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. Yeah, there's an off chance that you could be able to see them in your hometown is the idea that the iconic rock is there. I mean, to me, that is really the essence of wrestling, not knowing what the card is these days. Then a, not just a star, a mega star, a Hollywood movie star is there and he's in your town and you're there to see it live on SmackDown. If you're in Salt Lake, you had to be really impressed and really happy to see that the rock was right there in center ring doing his thing. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest star to step foot in Salt Lake since since what? I mean, who who else is coming through Salt Lake uh, with that kind of star power? And not just The Rock, Jonathan Hood. I mean, grab Doc and Marty, get up to eighty eight miles per hour. You were getting some nineteen ninety eight Rock. That's what it. That's what it looked like. Just take a look at the what he was wearing. That's what it sound sounded like. That's what it smelled like. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It did smell like that. You think about a 50-plus-year-old rock, turn the clock back, having that outfit on. I'm just like, wow. All he needs is the fanny pack and, and the, like the, the, and the little beeper. That's all he needs, and we're right back to where we were before when the rock first started. Yeah, maybe maybe a gold chain. Yeah, maybe a yeah. gold chain here or there. But, yeah, that it um, that was that was the rock. That was that. I'll tell you what. He came out looking like that. I'm like, all right, he is in. He is committed. He is pot committed to this heel rock run. If it, if it was an audible called because of the Cody, uh, overwhelming Cody fan, if this was an audible called, the rock is, is, is he is committed to this. It, it has to be, and you can explain this better than anybody, regarding how to be a heel versus being a babyface. To me, just away from professional wrestling, it's easier to be a nice person to be able to say hello and to be cordial than to really dig deep to be an asshole. And so I would just say in wrestling, though, I've heard this for many, many years, that heels have more fun. So, I mean, for Rock, for who's been away from wrestling for such a long time, and then he comes back in, and we know what he's done in Hollywood. We know that he's got a football league he has to launch. You know that he's a great PR face for whatever he's doing. But yet he comes back to wrestling, probably didn't know that he'd have to be in this role, but it was able to turn the switch and to be able to be this heel. I wonder how easy this is for him because it seems like he was really climbing uphill, 
digging deep to try to make sure that the people that are watching SmackDown on Friday and the people in Salt Lake knew, hey, man, I'm not your friend. I'm a, I'm a heel. So that, that, uh, the way you set that up, Jonathan, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, in life, it's, it's, it should be easier to be a nice guy to people. You know, mm-hmm. say please, say thank you, hold a door for somebody. In wrestling, absolutely. It is not only is it more fun, it is way easier to be a bad guy. Then it, it's way easier to be a bad guy to get a reaction than it is to be a good guy and get a reaction. You have to prove something. You have to you have to build up some some credibility to be a good guy. It takes time. You can go out there. And, yeah, that's why they call it cheap heat. You can throw out some cheap heat, whether it's you know making fun of the, of the town, the people, the sports team. You know, a few a few hand gestures. It, it, they're, they're, that's why they call it cheap heat. It's a, it's an easy way to get a reaction, and it is more fun. And you know, for my 14 years of, of working in pro wrestling, my first two, two and a half, I, I was out there to be uh, the, the the crossover outsider who was, a, who was a good guy. But mind you, I, I can't put my hand on any of the wrestlers unless it's a special situation. And, and if, you know, and I can, you know, like it, you're so handcuffed, limit, I was so handcuffed and limit, limited to what I could do that I had to rely on the situation. Hopefully that I was, given a good situation that whatever my action or whatever my words were lended itself to, to a, a, a crowd pop. It, 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 very convoluted. After that, when I got to be a heel, e- easy job. Everybody wants to hate the guy from the internet. Oh, I'm going to give you a reason to hate me. I'm going to wear white <laughs> shoes. I'm going to put my blue verified check mark on the back of my jacket. Like just easy layups to, to it's way more fun. Now, but you mentioned The Rock, though, and 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 you're and you're right. It kind of, if, if if you thought that it sounded a little uphill for The Rock, I'm not necessarily surprised because The Rock is a very rare situation. He's a megastar. He he he's the most over guy in Hollywood, maybe the most over guy in mainstream entertainment. He's the he he's the rare situation of where you pay a ticket in Salt Lake City. Oh, you get to see The Rock. You're thinking you're going to cheer him. You're going to do all the catchphrases with him, but no. He needs you to boo him. So he's calling them trailer park trash. He's going back to all the old tricks. So for him, I could see it being a little bit a little bit of an uphill battle because if you pay this day and age in 2024 to see The Rock, you want to you want to do all the sing song stuff. Now, luckily for him, and we'll and we'll and we'll dive into this at, at 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 deep as we go on here. Luckily for him, it seems like this crowd, at least the Salt Lake City crowd, was quick enough and okay enough to play along. They understood. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna call us all the classic rock insults. Let's boo him. Let's let's play along. Let's not go against. Let's not hijack this. And why hijack it? The whole reason he's a heel in the in the first place is because the crowd hijacked the story in the first place. Right. So it did feel a little bit of an uphill battle. Probably more so for him than it did the crowd. Like I said, I think the crowd played along. I think for him it was more like, man, I envision coming back for my WrestleMania run. That I would just be, you know, it, it, it'd be, it'd be rock mania, right? But no, he's got to he's got to pull back the 1998 wardrobe and all those, all those, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So it, it is. I, I can imagine it's a little bit uphill because he wasn't planning to do this. Yeah, I, I would say so too. I just thought that this promo that we were able to see on Friday, I say, and when I say uphill, I'm, maybe I should unpack that a little bit. I just think that there was kind of a staircase effect with uh, the Rock because he's trying to fill out the crowd. Okay, Salt Lake City is not 
Dallas, it's not Chicago, it's not New York, it's not LA, it's not Toronto, it's not Montreal. I mean, there's certain crowds, Philadelphia, certain crowds that will just take it over, Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot of them that will just take over the the um, the promo. They'll take over the card if they have to because they used to call it Bizarro World because that was a McMahon uh, phrase. Like, hey, what you're seeing here, that's not how we're how we're doing business. That's just the crowd just trying to take over the show. It's Bizarro. No, it's just actually how we feel as fans. I just thought that that The Rock. I don't. I'm not gonna say it was a struggle, but I just thought that he just kept pouring it on because he was looking for more heat. And just from my TV, it didn't sound like twenty thousand people were all booing him at the same time. As I think that you correctly stated that the crowd was going along with what The Rock was saying, right? Yeah, like, hey, big love, you know, we've got we're inbred, all this kind of stuff. Okay, those are the shots that you take, the Utah Jazz type of uh, kind of scenario. But you know what it didn't sound like? And again, when you're an older cat and you've been in wrestling for a long time there's certain things that you'll never forget but you always need a primer justin because it's not like he's out there every week uh, cutting promos there was no vince russo there was no ed ferrara that was seemed like that it was helping him with his promos or the guys that he's always been around it is it didn't seem like it was anything new that we heard outside of him just letting you know just building up i'm a heel i'm a heel this kind of thing now i, I would say that moving forward i think the promos would be better but you think about the last time we saw uh, The Rock in a major promo, like with John Cena. I mean, Cena ate him alive. He did. You, you recall this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. same yeah. things that, and, and when you go back to look at the documentary, it was just Cena trying to curry favor with the fans and trying to build up the match between him and The Rock. And Cena almost had to kind of apologize, say, hey, Rock, you know, some things that were off script, off platform, I did just to be able to get a little bit more attention to, so it could really build to a big match. To the point where Cena was like, "Hey, Rock, are, are you're writing your promo on your hand, mm-hmm. or you, or you got a, like a notepad on your on your wrist to be able to get your, you know, your bullet points off, <laughs> that that kind of thing, right?" So what yeah. I'm saying is that the Rock, even at this point in time, again, electrifying on the mic, we know what he brings. I'm just saying that as we go closer and closer to WrestleMania, the Rock will be even more polished and know exactly where he wants to go. Yeah, I would agree with that, and also just looking at this past Friday by itself uh it's a situation that's not the easiest for a heel you know he's out there cutting the heel probe it's kind of like the reintroduction of the of the rock being able to be a heel right but he's out there he has no baby face in the ring or you know on the ramp or anything he he doesn't have cody to talk to he doesn't have cody to set him up so he has no face out there to address the people that are standing in the ring with him Roman, Jimmy, and Solo, and, and Heyman are bigger heels in the minds of people than he is. So you're competing with that just visually. And then The Rock doesn't have a match. So he doesn't even have a match to cut a heel promo. I mean, the, the only thing he can cut a, the only match he cut a heel promo on is, is him saying, okay, so it's, it's Cody versus Roman. Cody, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect of, Cody, I'm going to make your life as difficult as possible, I think was, was what he said, or something to that effect. I'm going to make life difficult, you know, as you go in. So, like, he doesn't even, Rock doesn't even have a match at the moment announced. Hopefully that'll be rectified sooner than later. He doesn't have a match of that he's involved in to even talk shit about. So, it it, it, it was kind of a, a a very strange, unique situation for his first heel promo in, in a decade, if you want to call anything he did against Cena heel promos. Um, 
pro- probably more honestly his first heel promo in 20 years since he was Hollywood Rock. You know, his first heel promo in 20 years, and, and he and he has that. He doesn't have the face there to talk to in person, and he has no specific match that he's involved in to address. You know, Justin, what these promos are, like Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw and what we saw from The Rock and the Bloodline on SmackDown, these promos and these promos normally, historically, are for clarity. They're for clarity. Uh, If you missed uh, what happened in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena or if you missed Raw, if you missed SmackDown, let me make sure that you guys understand as we get to the road to WrestleMania and you're on our way, just so you know, I'm The Rock and I'm with Roman and the rest of the bloodline. As a matter of fact, I'm part of the bloodline now because can you smell what the bloodline is cooking was the, was the key phrase, right? Uh, ultimately, that's what resonated in my mind on Friday. Like, okay, he is definitely with the bloodline. and But sometimes you just need to be able to have that clarity for a new audience, people coming back. Wait, The Rock's rusting again? All right, let me turn this on see what's going on. Oh, he's part of this bloodline now. Now he's part of this group. So I just think that a lot of these promos are for, for clarity. I think we got that. I will say this, though, something I found interesting. While The Rock was speaking, you saw Roman Solo, Uso and Heyman way over to the right and gave uh, the rock his spotlight. There was some facial expressions here and there, but a lot of it was very serious. It wasn't like that. Uh, everyone was reacting to the, what the rock had to say. Also, this is all set up by Roman Reigns. If you remember the promo before the rock came out, just like it's going to be a lot of catchphrases, you know, my cousin's coming out and blah, blah, blah. But did you notice over to the right? And it makes me, um, it's some foreshadowing for me that it wasn't like Roman was patting Rock on the back and encouraging him like that. Heyman, maybe a little chuckle covering his mouth, but the rest of those guys are very stoic and saw the Rock just kind of talking. Makes me wonder what the future holds for that whole thing, that whole dynamic with the Rock being with, um, with the bloodline because it wasn't like when Roman speaks and Uso and, and Solo and Heyman are encouraging Roman to just keep going. Nah, it was just the Rock. In the spotlight by himself, and the other guys are near the ropes. Found that very interesting. Oh, Jay Hood, are you one of those this week? What, what are, are you? Those? <laughs> what am oh, I? <laughs> are you one of those? I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been reading about y'all talking about conspiracies, talking about foreshadowing of is the Rock really part of the bloodline? Is he a double agent? Is there a swerve, bro? Oh, you you you're in that you're on that side. Nope, just uh, oh, just giving just... you a wrestling observation. That's what I do. I give observations. That's oh, what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, saw that. Did you uh, saw Friday? Did you not? Did you not see yeah, Friday? I'm not saying press. anything. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just telling <sighs> you what I saw on my big screen TV, and I saw The Rock had the spotlight to himself. And by the way, the right thing to do because The Rock has to put him over, put himself over as a heel. Let you know I'm part of this bloodline, and Cody, you don't matter, and the fans don't matter. Just so don't cheer me. I'm a complete heel. All I'm saying is, is that you didn't see the encouragement. You didn't see the those guys cracking up at some of the Rock's lines. That's all I'm saying. I mean, who knows what the what the future holds? I'm in the present, but I'm just telling you what I saw. And 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 you are right with what you saw. There was not a there was not a overwhelming sense of rah rah. Uh, there was not a you know they didn't hoist the Rock up on his shoulder on their shoulders and carry him out. Uh, you know, so right. <laughs> it would have been something. <laughs> you know, minute. so I, I will agree. It was it, it was a little, but I, I don't know. But I but I, you know I I can't deny that you are correct. 
That is a fact. We did not see a whole lot of high fiving and back slapping and and what have you. That is correct. I I but I I I I wonder though. I mean, I still I see people speculating and fantasy booking, and I'm like, they're not going to go that way, are they? This isn't this isn't all one big. You know, Cody, Cody didn't mastermind this entire like, you know. It, we're gonna tear the bloodline from within. I, I, you know, I don't know that 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 whole thing. I've been, I've been reading people's interpretations, and I'm just like, nah, nah. Th- this is WrestleMania. Let's just be straightforward. We don't have to be that convoluted to all this. We don't have yeah, this. It, doesn't have. You know. Just so, just so you, because we know each other. You just know that we've been. You and I have seen a lot of wrestling for a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to book it to SummerSlam on 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 today's show. What I'm just saying is, I'm just telling yeah. you what I saw. Just the visual of the Rock pretty much blaming the WWE universe for ruining what would have been the biggest WrestleMania main event ever by having the rock against Roman. And I just saw kind of like they looked more like the opposition. They looked like opponents more so than together. They did the, until the, the end visual. Yeah. Until, until the, the end. end. Yep. Until the end when the, when the visual was all of them, you know, do, you know, all of them putting, putting, put it up. Well, they all, they all, well, most of them did, and The Rock, for whatever, did. He did guns up for whatever reason. I don't know why he did guns up. If you go back and watch, why did he do guns up? I don't know. Well, he was acknowledging the the the, the Bang Bang Club. You know, he was he was giving a shout out to the Bang, you know, because everybody watches, you know, Bang Bang. I think one of the Gun Brothers tweeted out. He goes, "Sorry, man, there's no room for this. Like you, The Rock. I know that you want to be part of this, but sorry. I think it was might have been Colton. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. There's no room for the Bang Bang." Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, you know, those, those the, the ass boys when they were in diapers, I'm sure they were running around a little rock or something backstage. You know, I mean, it's just, just, just throwing it up. Bang, bang. <laughs> I just think that he's got to be able to understand <laughs> what you got in a group, man. You better get the hand signal right. It was as if if the Rock was in the Four Horsemen and he put up two fingers, that would make that would make sense, right? <laughs> I mean, that would have been way more egregious than what he, he threw up the L for loser. It was just hey, Cody loser. But again, I've seen all these super sleuths online trying to tell me what this means. I've seen no, I've seen this, and I'm and I'm just like, well, like, look, guys, I know that we all want to try to have an explanation for, well, maybe this is what he whispered in Cody's ear when Cody stepped aside on SmackDown a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I'm here to tell y'all, we might just have to accept there might be <laughs> no answer. Or true explanation for what Rock said to Cody, for why Cody stepped aside six days before the kickoff event where he changed his mind and said this is all BS. You might have to to just accept that they booked that segment, the crowd really did not like things, and they called it audible. And we just have to forget about that particular episode of SmackDown. Just forget it. Okay? Let's stop being super sleuths. Let's stop thinking there's some elaborate plan that the Rock's a double agent. Because if he's a double agent, then that would almost mean it would make no sense for him to lay hands at all on Cody Rhodes. And I don't see how we get through this WrestleMania season where The Rock doesn't have some match that doesn't involve he and Cody Rhodes, be it singles or be it tag. So let's just all all of our all of our Jesse Ventura conspiracy posse sit down, be quiet. There's water in the back. Help yourself to the water and cookies. Just sit and watch the program. 
The number one pro wrestling show on the planet, Busted Open, is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Join me alongside two WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, plus Thunder Rosa and Mickey James all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring. Listen to Busted Open right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. Justin, there were times in that promo, I'm not saying that The Rock was lost. There's some times where it's like, man, he hasn't cut a promo that long in a while. And just like, you know, it's the, the bloodline is more than just Roman Reigns and now Dwayne Johnson. It's not, it's not, not the most powerful duo. It's a group. Heyman's in it. You know, Uso's in it. Solo's in it. Now, listen, I'm not saying that they're going to bring that part of the promo back uh, for the you know for Uso or for Solo. Say, hey, remember when you say it was the duo and like pull that part of the promo out and make something out of it? I just think that the rock the rock is just kind of running out of gas here. Like, yes, he was uh, terrific in the promo. It was good to see him as a heel again. But there's certain points to just like, man, he hasn't done this in a while. He doesn't have like the full script as he once did. I mean, and, and maybe you have more insight on this than me. I'm thinking that the WWE is more bullet points than ever before, instead of just the, the on and on script and the, the verbiage that doesn't sound like the wrestler. I just think that the rock was told, go out there and do your thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> I know how to be a heel. So there might be some, some um, pitfalls here and there in the promo. Well, I do think uh, in general it, they they do have a little bit more freedom and more bullet points uh, than in recent years. But I think the Rock's always had that freedom. But I think you're right. I mean, he first off, <laughs> there's no teleprompter. Uh, there's no nobody's yelling cut. <laughs> He's not getting fed that line again for the next scene. Yeah, you know, you're out there. It's live TV, pal, and uh, uh, one take. But I, but I think again, it, it kind of goes back to what we started talking about last segment, which is he he could have, you know, he and Brian Gowers could have been texting ideas for the last six months of things the the rock can say and promos to cut, but it was all probably under the, under the context of the rock as the ultimate good guy coming back and taking on Roman. You know, this is all, they're all, I mean, this is all probably pretty fresh and okay. We're, we're rolling with it. Rocks, the heel rocks, the bad guy rocks with the bloodline. So, you know, if, if they're, if it feels like he's still finding his footing, it's probably, Probably is. He's probably that's that's what he's doing. He he's getting still getting adjusted to. This is what I'm doing. I'm the bad guy on this road to mania. Didn't you know? The Rock probably never thought at some point in his career, especially when he went away after having his two two matches with Cena. He probably never thought I'm ever coming back and I'm ever going to be heel Rock. Why would he? Why would the why would why would such be in demand? Why why would the crowd ask for such? Uh, but yet here we are in 2024, and that's the situation. So I, I think he's probably still, again, just finding finding that voice. Dig him back into 1998, 1999. Oh, oh, here it is again. Oh, the trailer park trash. Here it is. It, it's, it's interesting, just this whole thing with The Rock uh, aligning himself with the rest of the bloodline. Because with, with Roman Reigns and the bloodline, let's just let's be honest. I mean, they're cool heels, too. And I know that a lot of old schoolers recoil at that. Like, you got to be, goddamn, you got to be a heel or a baby face. You know, the, the old cornet line, right? You got to be able to have one or the other. And so, it, you know, for the bloodline, everyone sings along with Roman. They know all his lines. You know, they throw the ones up. I mean, so it's it's not like necessarily the, oh, my God, get these guys off my TV or, oh, I can't wait for Roman to get beat. I don't think it's like that across the board because I think they've become cool heels, 
almost character babyface is pretty close on the precipice of it. I'm just telling you because I mean the the kind of heel heat you're looking for is like Dominic Mysterio. You're looking for Christian. That's what you're looking for. You want like, oh my God, there's nothing entertaining about these guys. I hate these guys. I want to almost go away heat for some. That's what you're looking for. But with with The Rock, it depends on which town that they're going to be in in the next few weeks leading into WrestleMania. The Rock is doing all he can, but I just think that he's going to get into that same situation as Roman is like, yeah, we still respect you, Rock. We know that you're a heel, but we respect you, and we're not going to boo you as much as you're looking for. Well, The Rock needs to pull out heel Rock. needs to pull out his uh, his knockout punch, and the knockout mm-hmm. punch is the guitar. Pull out the guitar, have a little rock concert, sing a little song about Cody Rhodes and that crowd. That'll drive it home. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. That'll drive it home. Okay. Pull, pull out the old Rock's Elias Matt- book. Rocks, yeah, exactly. He's magic with the with the six string. <laughs> okay, so now bring out the guitar and start doing a heel promo that way. Yes, that's that's that's, that's what that's what's gonna take. That's Crowd, what it's gonna take. If it's that good, it's gonna turn on Cody. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! I'm just telling you because we've seen the Rock do it. I mean, it's been spectacular. He brings the, the guitar out. I mean, ask Vicky Guerrero how good that is. <laughs> you look horrible tonight. I mean, oh my just, god! <laughs> could you imagine? The, could you imagine the office just pulling their hair out if all of a sudden the Rock swings the crowd back? To, to it's side. the Rock. It's hard. I mean, look. look yeah. a, a, a perfect example is, is Steve Austin. Nobody wanted Stone Cold Steve Austin to turn heel to side with the McMahons. Nobody wanted that. Justin, come on, man. I mean, I mean, at the time. You know, he's got, he's top in merch. I mean, it, it was a, a fantastic run with him as a baby face. And then all of a sudden, yeah, let's just make the left turn. Let's make him a heel. And it just, outside of the what chant, it never got over. And it, <laughs> it never got over. I mean, what, I remember that match like it was yesterday in Houston at the Astrodome in which McMahon is helping Austin beat The Rock for the WWE Championship. And just kind of like, why are you guys doing this? I, I I I still to this day, you know how you know you know we all have them. Sure, I'm sure, you know, we all have them. Moments, moments where you can just you can remember <clears throat> the sound, the smells, everything. Mm-hmm. I can remember everything walking out of that Astrodome that night, <clears throat> WrestleMania 17 in 2001, mm-hmm. and I can remember 65,000 of us. Everybody just kind of like almost like almost felt like zombies. Nobody really. Everybody's like, "What?" Everybody's just confused. Nobody. The, the the only the only portion of the crowd that wasn't confused that had a that had an opinion that was clear cut were the portion of the crowd that was screaming, "Rocky got screwed." There, as we were walking out of the after, and there's there a portion of people that are, you know, that there were rock fans or oh, Rocky got screwed. Is that? But then the other half, the other the other portion of us, and I'm part of this. That was that was Team Austin. That was rooting for Old Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, we're just dumb, like because because you're right. Nothing, nothing, made, nothing made sense. From you know, yeah. In in the moment, it's like okay, you know, he did what he had to do. He sold his soul to the devil to to win. But as we're all thinking bigger picture, we're like, he's the hottest thing in the wrestling world. Why the hell did you just do that? We all just were like, what is Vince going to come out to Austin's music tomorrow and put up middle fingers and be cool? Or is, or is Austin coming out to Vince's music or what is it? like, we had no idea uh, what, what to make of it. it yeah, you're right. It was um, that, that's that, that was a choice. 
Hey, yeah, it just uh, I only use that as an example to talk about The Rock turning heel because when Austin turned heel, the hottest baby face that we saw in generations, and then you know he's jabbing the the Rock with that chair over and over again, and just like McMahon is on the apron, and then Austin gets the the one two three, and I kept thinking, well, the heel Austin I wanted was from WCW. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I, I wanted the guy with the flowing blonde hair that was stunning Steve Austin, who was a heel, who's someone that you did want to hate. Um, the ringmaster gimmick was nonsense because I know he's better than that. I, I even wanted um, ECW Austin, if you're going to go in that direction, where it's kind of like, you know, kind of shades of gray, where it's like, you know, he's trying to be a baby face. He's trying to break out of being a heel. I'd rather have shade, but I didn't want that Austin. I didn't want that at all. Not to, not to go too far off this exit ramp on Steve Austin history mm-hmm. before we have to get back on the interstate that is the yes. rock, the bloodline. I've always thought this, Jay Hood, because we, we know Vince didn't see some stuff. He he just got told, especially in this particular era that we're talking about with Austin, Jim Ross just told him. Like, if Vince had actually saw what Steve did in those brief three months, I think it was, in ECW, where he was, where he was taking shots at Bischoff and WCW and Hogan, yeah. Had Vince saw that, actually saw it, given the mindset of where Vince and WWE were starting to go in terms of they were they were they were starting to fight back with fire, they were starting to get um really you know really sassy in their in their Monday Night Wars. He probably could have took that and ran with it and gave and gave him the bigger stage and said, "Keep doing the same stuff, keep being the disgruntled guy, and then eventually we're going to show how good you are and how much of a miss they they had on you." But had Vince saw that, he probably would have gone more that route than, oh, we're going to package you up, put you a Ted. We're going to call you the ringmaster because you're the master of the ring. But we know, we, we, we know from history, Vince didn't want, you know, he, you know, when, when he brought all the ECW guys over when they rebranded, where we're not rebranded, but when they tried to have the WWE CW. Yeah. He didn't watch Balls Mahoney or he, all he knew was Tommy Dreamers telling him, here's the list of guys that are ECW originals. And Vince just checked, signed off, and said, "Okay, bring them on over." They don't make more than this. Yeah, <laughs> and that was pretty that. Much. Yeah, know, pretty much. So. And, and and so you know, if he would have saw that, then it, I don't know if he would have turned Austin heel. Maybe he would have. But the reason why we talk about that era is because we think about The Rock uh, when he first was a heel in WWE. When he first came out, he was this white me baby face and. Jim Ross screaming across the mic, like, that's going to be the guy, Blue Chipper, my God. He's going to, like, and so I, I was into it because that's Rocky Johnson's son. And I had a, a lot of investment in Rocky Johnson as a kid, just watching him through the magazines and popping up in different territories. Like, man, Rocky Johnson, this is his son. This is going to be interesting to watch. If he's anything like Rocky, boy, he's going to be great. And of course, he was able to run laps around his, his father, um, did Dwayne Johnson. But becoming part of the Nation of Domination, and also as the corporate champion, the 20, 2003 Hollywood, Hollywood star. Those are the three times that we saw The Rock as a heel. The Nation of Domination, well, he was a puppy with big paws in that, right? I mean, but you could just tell there's nothing against D'Lo Brown or nothing against Mark Henry or, or the rest of the Nation of Domination at the time. But you kind of just kind of tell like The Rock was going to break out. Because when you form a group, as you well know, someone has to spin out as going to be tag team champion. Someone's going to spin out as a singles guy. And so I, when you saw The Rock in that, you just kind of knew, okay, he's going to be a special uh, professional wrestler in WWE. The corporate champion, him being along with um, Vince McMahon, the Hollywood star in 2003. Hey, even his matchups again with Cena. Um, you know, we saw 
some signs of the rock saying, Hey man, I can switch this on and off and the fans will be with me either way. They're going to be into my character this time around. I think is even more interesting because I need to know what he's going to do in the ring. Like, yeah, we know the verbiage, but what is he going to do as far as being in the ring? The persona, what is he going to do that we haven't seen before? That's going to be intriguing to me. Yeah. And, and, and clock is ticking. Yeah. Right. You know, so we got the reintroduction of heel rock Friday, you know, as we're talking about, but we can't have you. You can't just give me that two or three more times at this point. Now we need to know what's the rock doing at mania, mm-hmm. right? Is he just in Roman's corner? I suspect that's not just it. The rock's got to have a match. So we need to, we need to now know either Cody needs to challenge him or, you know, Seth and Cody or, going to be at an elimination chamber on the Waller effect. Like, we got to, the Grace of Waller effect, we got to, you know, is our tag match. We we now have to get context. We need The Rock to have a date, time, and some jabronis to to, to, to actually talk about in context. We, we we need that. That's that's what fuels The Rock. We got to have date, time, and place to promote and talk some trash on. So that's, that's the WWE, you're on the clock. Yeah, so the, the idea that the, that, uh, the Rock says that I'm going to make Cody Rhodes' life a living hell. What does that mean? And this is why that's great t- storytelling, Justin, is because week after week we got to find out what that means on mm-hmm. on Raw or SmackDown. We got to find out why. Why did The Rock say that? And, and what is The Rock is what is he going to do? Is he going to wrestle Ro- uh, uh, Cody Rhodes at some point? Will The Rock get into the ring? Will he be a second to Roman Reigns? I, that's the questions that we don't have the answers to just as of yet. But I'm I'm cool with waiting. This is why we have the road to WrestleMania. This is this is some of the best storytelling every year that we get. We can almost just mark it on our calendars, the beginning of January and week to week as you build towards something. As you get even closer to WrestleMania, get the picture gets more and more clear. With Triple H at the helm, I just love his long term storytelling. Everything is the long play for him. Everything is is down the road. We're in the position now, but wait until you get to the climax of it. That this is how he's booked. We saw this in NXT when he was running NXT. He enjoys the long haul. He likes long matches. So everything to him is down the road. And once you get there, when we get to the end, you're gonna really enjoy it. This guy loves the pages of the book. He's not trying to get there in two weeks or three weeks. That guy, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that his involvement with Roman just being his champion means a lot to him. Same thing with Gunther, with him as champion. The long haul, the long storytelling until we really get there. It's fun for us as fans. It's fun for us as fans. Uh, yeah. He does do a great job of it. He enjoys it. But he, what he also does, and he strikes a balance and I, I, I don't want to try to make this, I don't want to try to get tribal here and make this one company versus another, but he strikes a balance. There's a long-term storytelling, but they also catch you up every week and give you the 30-second summary if you've been off on a deserted island for a few weeks. If you're just tuning in now, folks, you don't have to feel late to the party. You don't have to feel like the only one in the room not getting it. We're going to catch you up to speed. And that's a key in any kind of long storytelling. And... You know, we might talk about it later with AEW. There's there's certain times where it's like, you got to assume that not everybody watched last week. That's right. You got to assume that you that your marketing, your social media did a good job, and you gained a few new people this week. Catch them up, get them, yeah. get them to context. It is it is so paramount for any wrestling company, big or small, to be able to do that. 
You got TV. I got TV. Oh, you got TV. Okay. Well then let people know why this is important. Yes. You know, I, I do this as a play by play guy too, when I'm doing baseball and, and basketball, I, I haven't, you know, I, as you know, I'm stuck to the yellow pad. I can't do the sh- I show without a yellow pad because I got to be able to write it down because I'll forget. There's nothing like being able to bullet point. Why is this game important? What's mm-hmm. happening? What's the stakes? Mm-hmm. Because that's the one thing that matters in wrestling or in sports in general. It's like, hey man, why am I watching this? Why am I investing time in watching this game or this match or this card? It's because of these stakes. This is why it matters. If you don't, if you can't tell me why it matters, then why should I waste my time? It's 2024, man. We got so many other things to do. Uh, from from uh, a long walk in the park to playing video games to going to to the bar and get wasted. We got plenty of things to do. We don't have to waste our time watching this if you can't tell me why. And the WWE does a great job uh, historically of telling you, hey, you may not like the creative, but here's why we're going this direction. This is the story that we're telling. You take it or leave it. And that's kind of how I love my wrestling. Tell me what the story is so I can walk with you. Yeah, if there's no, <clears throat> exactly right. If there's no stakes. If there's no, if there's no win loss. If there's no consequence, then then then, then, then none, of it, none of it matters. You know, it's just all <laughs> we're all just out here <laughs> playing dress up. Like, what's the point? <laughs> hey, wait, have you told that that speech in a wrestling circle? Have you told you, the men and women? It's like, hey man, are we just playing dress up or are we wrestling here? Are we telling stories? <laughs> have you told that? I got a feeling that you might have said that once upon a time. I've said I, I've, I've never said it to a mass group. I've said it to like five or less in a, in a corner of a locker room when 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 being when being uh, pitched. Here's what we're gonna say, or here's what we're gonna do. Do and I gave a blank stare and I said, "What the hell are we here for? <laughs> are we just playing are, the Comic Cons down the road at the convention center? What are we doing?" You know. <laughs> I can see you saying that. That's why that's funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> you just because you just can't hold it back. You just have to say it, man. You got to just. Like, are we just here playing dress up, or are we here to tell a story? Oh, I guess we're here to tell a story. All right, what's yeah. the story? What's the right. story? <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, put some damn clothes on. You're probably cold. Yo, what's going on? This is Bully Ray from Busted Open on Sirius XM's Fight Nation. For 15 years, we brought you the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. And now, we're bringing you even more. Yo, guys, welcome to Busted Open After Dark. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. The only place to party on Wednesday nights is Busted Open After after dark with me uncle bully download it on apple pandora or wherever you get your podcast all right justin so because you went uh, first last week i will go first this week Ooh, i got some some interesting choices here this week hmm which way should i go okay how about this uh, my first card i'm gonna throw out to you is uh, someone we have not seen on a raw or a smackdown wrestling and that is the United States champion Logan Paul taking on The Miz. The reason why I like this match is because Logan Paul is amazing how good he is at this time. He's not supposed to be this good. He's not supposed to be this silky smooth. And The Miz, by the way, again, through through osmosis, it is amazing how this works. And The Miz somehow is a baby face out of all of this. And by the way, The Miz can work. And I think over the last, I would say, 12 to 16 months, we've seen The Miz go long in matches and show us new things we haven't seen before. So it's not the five moves of doom. So I'm going to go with uh, Logan Paul against the Miz as my first choice for a match of the week. All right. Very good. Well, I'm going to counter that okay. with the opening match 
of AEW Dynamite, and that being John Moxley versus Dax Harwood. And first off, Dax obviously tremendous in tag team action, but really I love I love when he gets to shine and show that he can go in a singles match. And I, what I love about this match, hard hitting, you feel it, violent, but told the story. The pacing was there. Nothing was nothing. It was not crammed. It was not. Oh, I didn't get a chance to to digest that. I mean, it, it was just a, a perfectly well paced match. It was a great. It, it set a great temperature for Dynamite. I was like, oh, this is what a what what a way to start here. I thought Moxley and Dax, quite frankly, is one of those things where, as, again, as good as Dax is in a tag team, it made me go, you know, I wouldn't mind a Dax singles run. And I know that usually only comes if his partner was to get hurt, so I'm not wishing for that. But Dax, very good here. Him versus Moxley, I'm throwing that as my first one in the, in the ring here to uh, to to win, to finally get a, to get a W, a much-needed W in this. <laughs> Judge Susumu, out of these two matches, Logan Paul against The Miz, Mox versus Harwood, what is your choice? Can't go wrong with some good old fashioned old school wrestling. We got to go with John Moxley and Dax Hartwood here. All right. What'd you like about that match? Tell us. I think it was just the fact that it was really just re- reminding everybody that Dax can go. Remember, like last, I was at least, I guess maybe like it was either a year ago or two where they really just gave Dax the opportunity to really showcase himself to the point where they had him challenge, well, not challenge, they had him and his tag partner, Cash Wheeler, go Mm one-on-one during the Owen Hart tournament at some point. And and really just kind of showing showing that, yeah, no, these guys are tag team experts, but also these guys can go go at it by themselves and i kind of wish sometimes maybe they throw cash a bone a little bit just kind of like even out everything with ftr right now because it feels like more of the folk singles focus always goes ends up going to dax because i guess he's more like the what do you think of when you think ftr first like you don't think of cash first you think of dax first all right so mox against harwood so there's three matches remaining Logan Paul and Miz, as much as I, I like that for both guys, they have been eliminated over the top rope. By the way, in that Mox Harwood match, wrong guy lost. Um, we go now to the, the other matches. All right. Um, so, Justin, go ahead. What is your uh, match of the week? I'm going to throw out here my second card. Okay. Coming from NXT Carmelo Hayes versus Joe Gacy. And I love this match here. It's entertaining. I suggest anybody go out and watch. It was just an entertaining packed match. Uh, and and what I also found that I, I found myself appreciating is that Carmelo Hayes, newly a heel. Joe Gacy, newly a babyface. And that's and, and some people might go, well, what's that matter? Well, when you've been working one way for a while, that that can be a little bit of a of, of an adjustment potentially of of of, of switching. Nevertheless, when both competitors have just are, are now in new territory. And I thought they both played it well. I enjoyed it. I was very entertained by this match. Entering action was exciting. Commentary was there. The entire presentation from the from the amped up crowd that is that little studio wrestling crowd and the PC from Vic and from Vic and, uh, on commentary and Booker, like the whole thing. I was like, man, this is match of the week candidate right here. Okay, that's a good one. And I got two cards here. Which one will I play? Because these are both good matches. You know what? Judge Sumo, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay in NXT. I wasn't going to go do that, but I'm going to stay in NXT. I'm a tag team wrestling mark. I love good tag team wrestling. 
And I love what I saw with Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker defeating D'Angelo and Stax for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Now, again, you, you never thought if you saw both of these wrestlers that they would be a tag team. But uh, so I like Braun and Baron in that matchup. I thought it was a very good tag team matchup. That was the best match on the card for me for NXT. So I'm going to throw that card down uh, as my other choice for a match of the week. So there's three matches. All right. So only one can win. Justice Sumu, what is the busted open match of the week? Wait, I thought we were going to beat it, beat out the other two NXT T first before we go get to the uh, one that was going to face Moxley and uh, Dax. Are we not doing that? Well, what is it? The winner between those two, between the two, I got to go with Hayes and Gacy. You know, it's less of a transition for Mello because he's been a heel before, but for Joe Gacy, who's trying to really get, make himself separate himself from the pack here. And he's really just like sold on just being insane. You saw at the end of that match, he was basically dragged, put into a straight jacket by Dijak and kind of just dragged away but like he they really showed up and i like watching joe gacy wrestle and seeing him especially i think he was in the dead nxt deadline match he really got to showcase himself and once again he did so with with mellow and mellow does not miss and any of these one-on-one matches i'm out of cards so you tell me tell us what is the match of the week probably gonna go hayes versus gacy here there we go how about that there we go how about that there we go. So, so that is the bust open match of the week. The, the only card I had here that I did not throw out, Orange Cassidy against Matt Taven. Uh, you know what? Uh, that was Matt Taven's the winner of that. Good good showing for, for him going all out there, Matt Taven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, do I do, do, do I again, clarity, do I think the story warranted Texas death match? I don't know about that, but. Matt Taven made made the most of it. And by the way, sorry, I misspoke earlier. I said Booker. I think it was Byer in his own commentary. My apologies sure. to. Yeah, no problem, no problem. But yeah, I had Orange Cassidy and Matt Taven. I was going to throw that out because I thought that was a great showing for Matt Taven. It's going to show you again. There's so much talent in this company. R O H N and uh, and in um, A W. There's so much talent. Matt Taven, a former R O H champion, showing you why that. Tag team singles, he can go. Not a surprise. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.